Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Time for the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife UK Basketball Postgame Show on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Coverage of Wildcats basketball is also presented by Ale 81, Kentucky's original ginger soft drink since 1926. Kelly Kentucky, the employment solution expert. Kellyjobs.com. UPS Jobs. Apply today at upsjobsky.com. Cox's Spirit Shop and Evergreen Liquors. Louisville's neighborhood liquor store. Genesis. Diamonds, the official jeweler of the Kentucky Wildcats. BJ Heating and Cooling, call the experts you can trust. BJHeatCool.com. Sonatrol Security, the number one rated security company in Louisville. SonatrolKY.com and Kroger, fresh for everyone. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Gandolfo, Jason Entz, and Zach Cantrell. Good evening, Big Blue Nation. Mike Gandolfo here with Jason Entz and BBZ, Zach Cantrell. And uh, we are celebrating a Cats win. They take advantage of a get-right game. And even without DJ Wagner, they get their first win of the season without DJ Wagner. No uh, Trey Mitchell. And they go out there and have a prof- uh, an offensive performance that we've been waiting to see for a long time. Looked like the Cats of old scoring 109 points tonight against Vanderbilt, shooting uh, at a toward pace, the way that they were at the beginning of the year, again, like 59, what they end up with, 57%. Uh, that's 57% from three. I'm sorry, 55% from the four. Yep. Did not miss a free throw all game, 100% from the line. And, uh, you know, got a great performance from uh, Antonio Rees, who was unconscious there for a while. Got a great uh, night tonight from Rob Dillingham, who almost had the double-double, 20 points and nine assists coming off the bench. Little surprise we didn't see him start, but neither here nor there. I was most excited, though, to see the two seven-footers, Bradshaw with 12, and even though he had limited minutes, and 11 minutes of play, I'm sorry, 12 minutes of play, Big Z had 11 points, fouled out, and had seven rebounds. So uh, two assists in there, too. The three turnovers, you know, we'll we'll go with that one. Uh, You know, everybody playing pretty well with with the exception of maybe Reed Shepard. Uh, who Ince is already mad at. 
cost me money, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is your all show. The phone line is 502 267 9680. The UPS job text line is 437 9680. you have the text line up and rolling? Yes, I do. Okay, so Ince is in charge of the text line. BBZ is controlling the phones. And uh, we're going to, you know, hopefully have a good show. So, what was your takeaway tonight, Ince? I mean, I don't know if Cal saw something with the Vanderbilt defense or if this is something that we're going to see moving more often, but I think we saw more lobs tonight than we've seen the entire season combined. Um, Obviously, when you're able to hit threes the way that they were in the first half and just go unconscious from beyond the arc, it opens everything up on the floor. It was allowing Rob to get into the lane to get penetration. It was allowing us to be able to move the ball extremely well, both in the half court and in the full court. And that's not something we've seen all the time. But again, you know, a, a night like that, Vandy could have played a perfect game and there's not much you can do when your opponent goes 15 of 26 from downtown. Most of the time you're going to tip your cap and, and, and move on. You know, it, Kentucky played better defense than they have. All right. Uh, they on, held Vanderbilt. It, Vanderbilt's awful. They are, I mean, and and I was going to get to that. Let me okay. let me finish. All right. They played better defense than they have. We've played some bad teams this year where, you know, we didn't defend well, and they got points. Kentucky did a much better job on switches tonight. They were communicating more, which it's one thing if they do that at home. For them to do that on the road is extremely important. Granted, this is not the toughest environment to play in. But they were communicating, and you could see the communication. You could hear the communication. They were doing a much better job of fighting when they had ball screens at the top of the key. They weren't just letting the guy get clean on the on the rim run. They were doing a better job of handing off players on the screens. There's still a lot of issues they got to work on. But we were talking on Saturday about we needed to see improvement. And I'm not going to, you know, poo-poo it away just because Vandy's trash when we did see some signs of improvement. Now, that they've got to get much better defensively over the next month. But if you can shoot and move the ball the way that you did tonight and play as unselfishly as you did offensively, that's the Kentucky that we were seeing for the first two, two and a half months of the season. I'll tell you the other thing, too, that we haven't mentioned yet, the Cats out-rebound Vanderbilt fifty to twenty eight. I was just about, and they to were say aggressive that. on the glass. Yeah, they, they were crashing hard in that first half. Think of and how many guys had at least saw... six rebounds in this game. Reeves had six. Onyenso had six. Z had seven. Bradshaw had seven. They were crashing the glass in this game. I, I saw something out of Aaron Bradshaw we haven't seen all year. He played through some physicality. He was able to grab some rebounds. Twelve points. I think it's his best performance. One of his best performances of the season. And like we said, we can't take away too much from this because it is Vanderbilt. But it's a perfect no headlines game. And they did what they're supposed to do. They hung a hundred points. They took care of business. And I don't know if it's necessarily worth celebrating, but at the same time, it's we don't really have to psychoanalyze this game because they did exactly what we asked them to do. If I would have said that there would be six Kentucky players in double figures and Reed Shepard's not one of them, with DJ Wagner not playing and uh, Trey Mitchell not playing, that we got double figures. We got 17 points out of Justin Edwards tonight and an incredible second half. The zero rebounds from Edwards still concerns me quite a bit <laughs> because – uh, I, I don't know exactly how that's even possible at his position. Uh, 
but you know, Reeves had 24, Dillingham with 20, Bradshaw 12, Burks off the bench with 13 with some serious minutes because of the injuries, and Big Z with 11. So, uh, that the fact that Z and Edwards and Bradshaw combined for 40 points, that you know, 30, uh, yeah, 40 points. And not only did Edwards produce, which is something that we've been unsure if he was going to be able to do this season. That windmill dunk was sweet. Oh, he missed a couple that, easy and ones, but uh, yeah, that's that's not something I don't I don't think he tries that if he had come off the bench and hadn't scored a basket. I mean, he do, was do, feeling it. And, does this and, performance unlock him for the rest of the year? Are we going to see like an Edwards coming out party? I, I, I I'm not going to go that far yet because, like you said, it is Vandy. I need to see him do that against somebody with a pulse, um, and you know. Looking at the box score, I mean, he got 14 of those 17 in the second half. So, how much of that was Vandy had checked out at that point? And I think it was late in the second half, honestly. I don't, you know, uh, I I agree with you. I think a lot of that could have been checkout points. No. Um, But no, I mean, that's the difficult part of this. Yes, it, it is a good win, it's a great performance. Vandy gave Kentucky a ton of open looks. They did not defend well. They got blitzed right out of the gate. I, part of me wonders how the game would have gone if Vanderbilt hadn't just gotten punched early. And I think they had Kentucky had 25 points at the under eight timeout. That's that's an absurd amount of points. I mean, they were on pace to score 125. They didn't get there. But when you're giving up that many points at the start and you're already down double digits, it's difficult to, especially for a team that's not been that good this year, it's difficult for Stackhouse to really do anything to get them back in the game. When you allow a team to hit 10 of their first 12 three-pointers, the game was already decided. So would Kentucky have, you know, they, they took their foot off the gas a little bit there in that middle section of the second half against a better team that might have bit them. It's bitten them earlier in the season. So that's it's another one of those little things. It's not to nitpick, but it's another one of those little things that can cost them games when you look at the schedule that they've got coming up. You cannot do that, especially on the road. If you've got a team down, you've got to continue to put your foot on their neck. And, of course, we love getting the uh, revenge off of the team that beat us twice last year, including beating us in the SEC tournament. So uh, the, the, stat, the, the couple stats that just concern me, again, not to blow it out of proportion, but just... Just to kind of mention it, uh, Vanderbilt averages 6.63s a game. They ended up with 11 threes tonight. Uh, they shot above their average, but not much above their average. They kind of cooled off there towards the end of the game. Uh, Kentucky still 9 for 21 on layups. Um, you know, but we got great production out of the big guys, so I don't want to poo-poo that a little, you know, more than we need to. And then I thought the the turnover number was still a little high against a team like uh, Vanderbilt, you know, because they didn't really see a whole lot of defensive pressure tonight. And so the 12 turnovers tonight seemed a little sloppy. Um, again, not to nitpick too much, but if, if I'm going to be concerned about anything, I think that's what I'm concerned about. Yeah, yeah and, and some of those turnovers were, were bad plays. Some of them were they were trying, you know, to, to do a few too many alley-oops at times during the second half. But again, I'm going to be very curious to see if that was something that we that the Cal saw Vanderbilt was susceptible to, or if that's going to be part of the offense moving forward, because if you've got two seven footers out there on the floor, 
that's a weapon you've got to utilize, especially against teams that have good shot blockers that are going to come after Reed. They're going to come after Reeves on those floaters. Draw them in and then lob it right over their head. All right, Zach, uh, we got anybody on the phone lines? We do, in fact, have somebody on the phone lines. It's our buddy Joe who calls in every week. Joe, what's going on, man? Yeah, thank you all. Right, all. Uh, I want to comment on both the head coaches, and, and believe me, this is nothing uh, bad or anything. But first on Mr. Sackhouse, when he got his technical foul, he had done shot, his team had done shot about 22 or 24 foul shots. And he was able to get a three-second call on our team tonight. I didn't think we had anybody ever get in the lane for three seconds when we were on offense. So it, it, you got to get him ever get the three-second call. But why is he crying about – I don't know what he was crying about. I mean, hopefully hopefully uh, he'll hit one of them national bars after the game and, and forget about uh, that his team shot about 30 foul shots and we shot about 10. And then on Coach Cal, this is the one turnover – was it a great pass when Reed rolled the ball to Mr. Uh, yeah, who is who is our seven-footer, Bradshaw? I mean, that was a tremendous pass. Bradshaw just didn't meet the pass. All he had to do was pick it up, and Coach Cal gets on Reed like you made a bad pass. I thought it was one of the best passes I've ever seen, and Bradshaw was just too lazy to go down and get the ball, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I mean, he getting on Reed, making a great pass, and, he, and I don't understand that at all. Do y'all? No, I mean, you know, you're, their coaches you know the are going to get on guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually don't. Do you remember that, Ince? I do not. Yeah, yeah. I have well, to go back well, and check that play, Joe. Well, Reed got a turnover on the play because our our seven footer was too lazy to bend over and grab the basketball. It was one of the best passes I've ever seen. Uh, as far as that type of pass in my life, I mean that was a that was just a beautiful pass. He should have had the assist, but then he gets a turnover, and our head coach uh, Cal Perry. Uh, I don't know what he was getting on him about. I don't know. Sometimes I, Coach Cal don't make any sense to me either. Thanks a lot, gentlemen. Goodbye. All right, let's talk a little bit though about Coach Stackhouse. I guess so we'll, we can comment on that. Uh, you know, the, Vanderbilt was coming off a really strong year last year. They lost some of their guys, but they they still got a core. The Manning kid killed us last year, if I remember correctly. Uh, didn't he have one huge game against one of those two games? But he was just unconscious against us um, last year. What do you think about Stackhouse here? Is he going to get another year? I mean, I mean, it's Vanderbilt. It, it, I, I don't know what they think their program's supposed to be. Um, I think he's done a good job of getting some talent in there. I think replicating the Kevin Stallings years is going to be very difficult for any coach in that job. They I didn't I, really appreciate I, Stallings when he was there either, you know, honestly, like as much as they should have. He, the guy could coach, man. Yeah, and, and he was he was one of those guys that would always have problems. He would always have a game plan that frustrated us, that caused us issues. He always used to have those lurch type big men like the Purdue type big man that would just go off on us every year and drive us insane it'd be this unathletic seven foot dude who could shoot three pointers and we'd have these all Americans and he'd go out there and drop 20 on us every year I'm literally trying to go back and see if I can find the the pass that the, that Joe's talking about so uh yeah they were they were always well coached frustrated us no doubt about it he was a great defensive mind uh, always had a really strong game plan, uh, but 
yeah, so I always thought he was underutilized or underappreciated at Vanderbilt. And I and I think Stack can be an okay coach too. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if they if they keep on hanging and, with him or not. Yeah, and and look, I mean, yes, they've lost. I mean, they've looking at their record. I mean, they've lost what. 12 of the last 15, something like that. Yeah, they're one and eight in conference. You lost you lost by three to Alabama. So you were in that game. Played Tennessee you, tough. Yeah, you play I mean you were winning in that game at one point. They led with five so minutes. Their to go. schedule, they've you know, they've played you look at the schedule they've played. They've played Auburn twice already. That's you know, that's gonna be difficult as it is. You had to go at Mississippi State, at Old Miss, at Memphis, you lost by two. You know, now losing to West Carolina, there's there's not much of a uh, excuse to be made for that one. But he probably won't get another year just because the way things are going. It wouldn't surprise me if the team checks out because they seem to check out tonight. Yeah, I I would agree. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse is definitely you know a guy that I loved watching play, and uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see where his coaching career goes from here. I, I hear the Louisville job might be coming open. Maybe he'll do that, so. <laughs> I've heard that's just a rumor. I've heard KP's oh, yeah. getting year three after beating Florida State last week. Yeah, listen, he's two and zero against an ACC uh, games in Florida. So yeah, Florida State champions. Uh, we got a couple people on the line. We'll get to Brian in a little bit, but right now we're gonna go going to now? we're gonna go to Terry right now. Terry, what's going on, man? Yeah, just a just a feel good game that they desperately needed after the two home losses. It was a great all way around. Um, except for the officiating was was horrid. Um, Dillingham, just it's a great game. What I liked about Dillingham, I mean, his reputation is that he never met a shot he didn't like. But in the second half, he, he barely shot. He was more about getting everybody else involved, and, and I thought that was uh, very classy of him. Um, I'm glad Jordan Burks got in there and got some minutes and – and played well. Um, when Wagner comes back, I'll, I'll ask you guys, and then I'll hang up and listen. When Wagner comes back, who's the odd man out? I mean, who who loses minutes when when DJ comes back? Uh, but uh, just a feel good game, feel good game, and I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. I mean, even with the game that he had with seventeen points. Edwards only had 20 minutes. Uh, you know, you're going to play Reeves, obviously. You're playing Shepard. You're playing Dillingham. And you're going to play D.J. Wagner. Mm-hmm. And Justin's not getting those minutes. And Justin's not getting those minutes if we're not up 20 most of the game. Yeah, that's that's true. So, I, mean, I think, think at the end of the day, that's, that's what you're going to see is those four guys are going to rotate between those two positions, if not those three positions. Um you're gonna. That's that's who's gonna be on the floor. It's gonna be Edwards. He's gonna be the odd man out. Even though he played well tonight, it just hasn't been consistent enough. He's gonna be the odd man out. Well, it'd be huge yeah. for this team though if he actually steps up and has those kind of performances. Sure, forward, if he so. can give you something off the yeah. bench, that's fantastic. Um, UPS jobs text line four three seven nine six eighty. By the way, um, Texter said it was the the pass. It was a three quarter court bounce pass. Hit Bradshaw below the knees, but if he grabs it, it's a highlight real pass. I think he was talking. That was the pass. Yeah, Joe that, was that we, yeah, that Joe's talking about. Um, yeah. That same texter also said, if I didn't watch the game and just listen to you guys, I think Kentucky lost. Lighten up and enjoy it. Cats finally played well. Oh come no, on now. We, we said right off the jump it was great win, but at the same time it's Vandy. You know we can't poo poo away everything that happened the last couple games. 
because we beat a really bad team. I'm not going to sit here and say we're fixed or anything yeah. like that. And, like, what's back to Final Four and blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's there's still some issues on this team. It's They needed this win. They needed to go out. The, they needed a road win on the SEC. That was huge, even though it's a huge U.K. crowd in there. And they needed to know that they could win without D.J. Wagner. Quite honestly, this team just needed to know they could win and go score over 100 points again. They needed to feel I mean, good just to stomp first, somebody. Absolutely. The first team uh, this year in SEC played to score over 100 points in two conference games. And that's, you know, they went out there and they did the thing. They took care of business. And that's all you can ask for. It's yeah, a no headlines game. At the same time, this is, this is a team that has lost this season to such powerhouses as San Francisco, West Carolina, Boston College. You know, gotta, you got to understand that this is not – this is a game that we should have done. We held serve. This is exactly what we should have done. We also shot the lights out, which is really fun, and I kind of kind of wish we could like put some of those in the bank and take them into the next game, where we may not, where we you know be like, hey, well, we, those extra threes we hit last week, we're going to cash those in now. I mean, San Francisco has won the NCAA tournament twice, so <laughs> some guy named Bill Russell, he won bad. Not bad. He was he was okay. Well, I mean, yeah. Louisville's won it twice too, but you know, Louisville's won it three times. We got to give them the third. Come on. I don't know what you're talking about. Record book doesn't say three. <laughs> uh, let's go. Uh, let's yeah, Bill go Russell's ahead. a decent player. Now let's go ahead. How many title banners do they have at the Yum Center? <laughs> they have two, as far as I know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. All right, let's go Can ahead. Go and, Brian? Yeah, let's go ahead and get to Brian. Brian, you're on the UK Post Game Show. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Listen, um, uh, you know, I think they, they may have a championship banner two up at Yum. The problem is they, they could put up 20 if they want. Just none of them could have NCAA on it, you know? That's right. <laughs> so, anyway, listen, guys. Um, I don't know if you guys remember. I called in with a good tirade after Florida and a, good, and a pretty good, another good tirade after. Uh, after uh, Brian, we can um, never forget you. Oh, yeah, we you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the funny thing is I made the mistake of letting my girlfriend. Uh, she heard the one after Tennessee, and she thought I was a psycho. And uh, so I said, but now let me, let, me, let me play the one after Florida last week. And I was a little more calm, you know, maybe, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, the whole point being, she said, as soon as the game ended night, she said, you going to call in tonight? And I said, you know, I got something early to do tomorrow, probably not. And she goes, oh, I know what it is. She goes, you're one of those. I said, what? She said, well, they won tonight, so you're not going to call in. I was like, all right, we're going to play that game. I'm getting on the damn phone, so just hang tight. I'll be right, I'll be right with you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so, again, you know, you guys you guys know this, man. It's it, it's it's Vanderbilt. They're, they're, they're really bad. I mean, we did some good stuff. I mean, at least we came out in the first five minutes and we weren't dead asleep. Um, so I'm not going to I'm not going to go nuts on all, you know, a lot of good stuff, man. I was glad to, you know, hopefully, hopefully – even though it was Vandy, and you guys are right, if, if if it was a close game against a different team, Edwards didn't get in those minutes. But man, he he at least saw the ball go through the bucket. So you you never know what's going to let you know light this guy's fire. Let's see what happens. But let me ask you guys this question. And although I think I know the answer, I just need you know I just need that validation because I'm that insecure. Um, so as we're watching this game, me and my girlfriend, like we always do. Um, and she really appreciates me calling her girlfriend with, with me. She has no recognition whatsoever. So we're watching this game, right? And she says two things to me. Well, let me two things. Let me let me back up. Even before even before that, we're watching the South Carolina Ole Miss. And she said, "Do we really care who wins this game?" I said, "What we care about right now, no matter who we play, is we want the end result to be a tick up in that W column. We need wins now. I don't give a crap who it's against." So that was number one. 
So we get into the game, we're watching it, and as we always say, um, I mean, and you guys tell me, because I know you see it, but I'm just curious. I know you see it. I'm curious what you think the, the reason is. How is it that we play every game we play, I don't care if it's at home, on the road, or on the moon, when our guys drive to the basket, they don't even consider blowing the whistle for a foul unless it's an absolute molly. And every team we play, every man that drives to that basket gets a foul whistle every single time. Right at the end of the game, I can't remember exactly how much time was left, but that one official, Don Daly, he is over on the opposite side of the court, so he's probably 30 feet away maybe, I guess. And whoever the baseline official is about 10 feet away, and, and they called a foul on Bradshaw. And I, I, I'm just – I'm like, the, the guy couldn't – if there was a foul, the guy that called the foul couldn't even see it. The players had their backs to him. They couldn't see. They were facing the baseline official. So if he doesn't see a foul, how does the guy that's three times as far away as him see a foul and blow that whistle, even, even if he did see it? He, the, the players had their back to him. I guess my point being, guys, and, you, and, I, and I've got my conspiracy theory, you guys tell me, why do you guys think that is? Is that, is that on the up and up or is that not? Because it's every game. I, my opinion is probably a little different than Ince's, so Ince, I'll let you go first. I, I think a big part of it is the fact that when you're an aggressor, you're going to get those calls. Absolutely. When you're initiating contact, 100%. you're going to get those calls. When you're afraid of contact and you're playing to, you know, you're hesitant, you're not necessarily looking for contact, and you're almost afraid of it the way they seem to be at times, you're going to get, you're not going to get those calls a big part of the reason why teams are getting those calls against UK is that they're throwing their bodies into the chest of the defender. They're getting our guys up in the air. If you're aggressive, you will get those calls, especially with almost any contact that happens now being a foul on the defense. But if you're falling away from a guy, they're not going to give that contact. They're not going to give that foul. So they're not going to bail you out. That's on these guys having to be more assertive and finishing through contact and understanding that they're going to get contact and they may not always get the call, but at least try to fight through it. It goes to the toughness issue that we've talked about at this team, especially on the defensive end where we see it the most. And I and to even go further on that, on the like some of the fouls that we get called on us, and, and especially in the one I think you're talking about, you know, referees can kind of assume a lot based off positioning. So if your feet aren't in the right spot, then, you know, your body may or may not touch somebody, your hands may or may not touch somebody, but it looks like it did and they're going to call the foul. Whereas if your, feet are, if your feet are in the right spot, sometimes you can get away with mugging somebody and the referee's going to say play on, especially if that, um, if that offensive player is a non-aggressor. And I do think it has a lot to do with us just being soft with the basketball. I mean, we're just not the aggressive team. Aggressive teams tend to go out there. I think uh, referees know when they're going to go ref an aggressive team. They know that they, um, they they're going to it, it affects their mindset. They're going to call the the game differently. They're not going to they're not going to foul the entire team out. They're not going to do it. I mean, I think you see it a ton in high school basketball um, that the the more aggressive team typically is going to get the benefit of the whistle. I don't think it's a conspiracy against UK or Cal. No, it's, it's, that way. it's not a conspiracy. It's no. it's not something where they're getting together. And I mean, look, we we sit here and make fun of Blank when he does that for U of L football, and U of well, not this year because you know nobody cares about U of L basketball getting the calls. But 
there's not some vast conspiracy in that situation. It's if you're the aggressor, you're going to get those calls more often than not. Yeah, it's that simple. Teams that shoot a lot of jump shots tend to not get a lot of fouls called in their way. And look, give Kentucky credit. They made the free throws tonight. That's been an issue for them in recent games. They went 12 for 12 at the line tonight, but I want to see them be more aggressive. You got to see them get the ball to the basket. You got to see Bradshaw fight through contact. That's when you'll start getting foul calls. I don't really think it's any more complicated than that. But I mean, we do, again, like we're not going to poo-poo this because it's Vanderbilt. We should celebrate it a little bit. Let's n- we're not going to, you know, people are like, oh, you would have thought we lost the game. Like, I, I don't think that's true. I think we've been pretty positive for no. the most part. And look, you got to give Antonio Reeves, like it's just somehow, Antonio Reeves still feels underrated, doesn't he? Like to the national perception, like we know how good he is, but it seems like nationally, I don't think he's getting the attention he deserves, even though road games he's averaging i think so too he should be a first team all-american i think by the end of the season or at least in consideration he should be a first team all-american in the mix if he keeps doing what he's doing yeah it's not inconceivable uh, it's not inconceivable i think he is a he's second all-american yeah i think so he's Um, definitely first team all sec i don't really think that's a doubt anymore oh yeah i mean he's in the running for sec player of the year but you know yeah it's a three three horse race right now for that if you ask me but uh but yeah, I, honestly, like uh, I, I think most people see what Reeves is doing. I think for us, again, it was about Reeves going out there tonight and being fairly efficient <laughs> because we were starting to see that slip away a little bit, and to see it, to see that return was was greatly appreciated. Because let's let's face it, there's been plenty of time this year that this team has played down to their level of competition. They didn't do that tonight. You know, that that tells you they went out with a great attitude, they were mentally tough, and they were ready to get it done. And they did. I don't know if there's much more to say than that. Any textures? Yeah, UPS Jobs text line four three seven nine six eighty. Um Texture says UK also gave up hundred and ninety three points in two SEC games. Um Texture said Cats also scored or I get it, it's only Vandy, but Cats beat them by thirty two at their place with two starters out. Bama won there by three points. Auburn by 15. Tennessee won by 13. Cats also yeah. scored 25 more points than anybody else Vandy has played this year. Yeah, Agreed. I think that's worth it. They also out. shot 15 of 26 from downtown. When you shoot 15 of 26 from downtown, again, there's not going to be many games that you lose. No, typically not. You're going to you're gonna win most games when you make 15 threes, but I do think that's something that should be pointed out that they didn't have two starters, and yet they still went on the road and handled their business, and I mean, we'll see what if it transpires to Saturday. They're playing Gonzaga. That's another game that they ought to win because Gonzaga, this has been probably their worst team of the last, what, 15 years or so? Like, they're always top 10, top 5, and this year they're a borderline bubble team. So we'll see what they can do on Saturday. They should be able to handle their business there. And if they're able to do that, then that's 2-0. and That's some momentum going to next week. And, you know, going up against Blank's favorite coach and Ole Miss next Tuesday, so... We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But this is kind of a little run for a get-right opportunity for this team before they have to start playing Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, the upper echelon of the SEC. And you were actually talking about it. Uh, we were when we were done with the show over the weekend. Uh, Gonzaga was on after us. You're you're concerned about the the guard from Gonzaga, right? Yeah, very concerned. I mean, that's the kind of guard that has given us fits all throughout the season. Um, he's a smaller guard. He's going to be able to get around pick and roll. He's a guy that can get into the lane. He's got a decent floater. 
the Gonzaga is going to be a tougher test, and that's a team that I know UK fans don't like. Um, it's a team that, especially one James Strebel, hates them. Um, it's a game that you've got to win. It's absolutely a game that you've got to win. They're right there with you in the net rankings. This is a game where you win that game. Now the conversation shifts back to okay, this maybe that was just a lull in the season where they were struggling with some things, trying to figure some things out. If you show the same defensive communication and fight that you showed at stretches of this game, then you're going to be in a much better situation to win that game and to get some of these wins down the stretch that you're going to need if you want to get a higher seed in the tournament. Two six seven so, nine six eighty. And, and, and on guy, guy. Go ahead. We got a guy? Yeah, I was going to say, well, I was go gonna say You're talking about Ryan Emhard is who you're talking about. He's in Gonzaga's squarely on the bubble right now by a lot of procrastinators, even though their net ranking is kind of similar to ours. Um, and so, you know, they they could use this game big time. So I'm guessing if Nimhard's averaging 12.5 points a game, and you're probably going to bet over. Score 20. <laughs> <laughs> Just bet on the All right, who do we got? Yeah, 267-9680 is the UPS, is the phone number. Uh, we go to Gary up next. Gary, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Gary, I'm starting to think that you weren't going to call in. I was getting a little concerned. I was like, we've heard from uh, Joe. I want to call in. I want to call in and say something about Big Z. Um, well, first of all, um, when you know they come out on fire tonight, I mean, when they're hitting shots like they were tonight, they're, they're fun to watch. And I know it was Vanderbilt, but still, they still executed on offense is what I like seeing there. Yep. But, uh, and hitting shots. And things go a lot better when he hit shots, that's for sure. But, you know, Listen, Big Z, he, he played only 12 minutes tonight. But the kid had 11 points and 7 rebounds. And he's got skill. I, I tell you what, guys, I know he's not going to do this, but he needs to come back one more year to Kentucky. He does. I know he probably won't, but he needs to come back. He needs to build up. He's, he's, the problem he's got is he's weak with the ball. I mean, it doesn't take much to get the ball out of his hands. But – it, you know, he's got skills. He can shoot. He can pass. Uh, he, he's got a basketball IQ. Uh, he's just not very strong. I think if he come back another year, strengthen up, and I think he could be a really, really, really good college player next year and, and up his draft status a whole lot if he come back, which I know he probably won't. But what do you guys think about that? I'm not so sure. I think he might come back. I, I mean, I, I think he could. I, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think at the end of the day, the one thing that you always worry about with size in the NBA is that size seems to have a, a earlier ex- expiration date. So you want to get as many years in the league as you possibly can. But the thing about the thing about I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, uh, the other kid, uh, uh, shoot, not not Bradshaw, but in, in Zinio, uh, in Onyenso. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> yeah, he he's stronger and 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 he's much better defender and rebounder and all that. But uh, he has the kid has no hands on offense. He has a hard time catching basketball. And by the way, the first caller, Joe, I, I do remember the pass that Reed Shepard he was talking about that Reed Shepard threw to uh, Bradshaw. And I just I don't think Bradshaw was just expecting the pass. And it was a it was a beautiful pass. But uh, but anyway, I, I just I, I just wanted to say that I, I just think that the kid come back next year and got strengthened up a little bit, you know, bigger and stronger, and, and that's he's going to be a really good player. He and I think he will be. You know, he's going to play pro ball. Uh, how many years I don't know, but he's definitely going to be. Uh, he's got the skills to play. That's for sure. He just needs to get the body. So thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Absolutely. Gary. Hey. Uh, 
Ince, what is your favorite? Do you have a favorite NBA mock draft website? No, because I really don't pay attention to the NBA. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I one league I've to... never really been able to get into, and I think part of it, like I, I was a Celtics fan as a kid, uh-huh. just because they had Antoine Walker, and I loved Agent Number Eight. If you remember those, they also had uh, Ron Mercer, uh, and then Patino went there, obviously, and they drafted Mercer. But after Antoine left the league, I just kind of checked out. Like I was, I brewed for the uh, Pistons for a while because of Tayshawn. But once, like that was back when UK had one, two, maybe three guys that were really good in the league. Now, now there's so many of them. It's like, well, who do I root for? That was probably the best stat. That, the best stat that they gave out all game. You know, they're talking about Kentucky having the seven All Stars this year, and that the the next closest ever uh, was in like 1983. UCLA had four, and then uh, beyond that, it was like a couple teams like Duke had two, and that Kentucky's got seven this year. Uh, I like to go to NBADraft.net. I don't know if it's the best one or not. Uh, that right now they got Dillingham going eight in the draft. He's the highest-ranked Kentucky kid. Reed Shepard going 15th. Uh, they've got Big Z going 20th as the third cat off the board. Um, they've got Bradshaw going 26th. And they've got DJ Wagner going 30th. And they've got Edwards going in the second round, 35th. And Antonio Reeves, uh, who I don't think get drafted, but we'll see what happens, uh, is the 40th pick overall in the, going to the Houston Rockets. So uh, that's a that's a lot of NBA talent not to get through the first weekend. So hopefully we get through the first weekend. No, no comment on that. All right. <laughs> I, just, I, I think you I, summed I just it can't up. Get into the NBA stuff. That NBA that's seven stuff. picks. I, yeah, I just I. Cal has lost with a team that had seven NBA future NBA players on it mm-hmm. that he was able to run hockey lineups in and out, and he couldn't win a title with that. I, I At this point, I have given up expecting that Cal should win a title just because they have the talent. And look, I think that's something that the team shouldn't have. They shouldn't look at it, and it's been them before. They shouldn't go out there and go, well, we've got you know seven guys that are going to make the NBA draft. That's how you lose games to inferior teams because you overlook them because you're saying, well, we've got seven guys that are going to play in the league. You've got to be hungrier than your opponent. It doesn't matter how much talent you have. They can still beat you if they execute and you don't. I would That's agree. what it's going to come down to for me. It's not going to come down to how many guys. Because you go back and look at some of the teams that made the Final Four recent years. How many NBA team players did they have? You know, How many NBA guys did FAU have? How many well, NBA guys did Miami have? I would, I would say traditionally, you have to have the NBA guy. Uh, but the other thing that's been interesting traditionally is that it's not necessarily, you know, the really the only two teams that have ever won it with the with the big influx of one and duns was Kentucky in 2012 and the Zion Williamson Duke, not the Zion Williamson Duke team. Which uh, Duke team was it? Uh, one of the Duke teams had a, a, a big influx of, but the one and done is not one that you typically tells you that you can get it through. But honestly, this Cal team seems like they've got the perfect kind of balance between some older guys and some good young talent. So we'll see what happens. I mean, they obviously got to get out there. I still don't, I still think that this team's kind of like a best, best shot right now is probably, I could see them going to an elite eight. I, I think anything past that is a, is a success and, um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, what else we got? We got anything going, Zach? 
Uh, no, the calls are... We got all the regulars, so I think we're good for now as far as the calls are concerned. Um, you know, Anything j- else on the text on there, Ince? Not really. And yeah, it's it's 11 o'clock. People are, Tuesday night, people are probably already had... They already that. kind of yeah, assumed this would be like a 30-point victory, and it was. So There's not, mu- there's not as much wouldn't, to talk about when you beat Vandy by 30. Wouldn't surprise me if a lot of people turned the game off and went to bed early. I'm sure they did, and uh, you know... I'm curious to know what John Calipari would have thought about it on the John Calipari press conference <laughs> that uh, would have been delivered by the Kentucky Office of Highway Safety, whether you walk, pedal, or drive. Let's share the road safely. Share the road, Kentucky. And I don't know if it was Bruiser, if it was Orlando, or if it was actually Coach Cal who did it, but, uh, you know, we'll see. I know that he sent Bruiser out to do his media requirement uh, on Monday, the Monday press conference, which I thought was interesting. Maybe he sent KP UPS, out. Maybe he spent spend some time with his dog uh ups jobs top 25 scoreboard uh shift your future at ups jobs apply today at upsjobs.com and so you have it up or do you want me to go with it no nope, i do have it up and but that's gonna make the mixtape <laughs> <laughs> as soon as i said it um top 25 scoreboard in progress right now number 13 baylor is beating number 23 texas tech 74 68 with a minute to go in that game i'm turning that um, on right now with just under nine to go in the first half number 24 san diego state up 23 13 at air force and then final scores from earlier tonight number 15 south carolina escapes at home um, 68-65 over Ole Miss. They had a 12-point lead at the half and had to fight to win that one. Um, number three, North Carolina falls at home to Clemson, 80-76. We've seen a lot of ranked teams go down to unranked teams this year, but those have mostly been on the road. Clemson went on the road to North Carolina and got the win. Um, number five, Houston beats Oklahoma State, 79-63. Number 14, Iowa State goes on the road to Texas and wins 70-65. Number 18, Dayton set 94-79 winners on the road at St. Joseph's. Number 21, BYU gets punked at Oklahoma 82-66. to They got outscored by 18 in the second half in that one. Um, number one, UConn beats Butler 71-62. Number 25, North or New Mexico goes on the road to Wyoming, wins 91-73. And number 22, Utah State also falling at home to an unranked team as they lose by 14 to Nevada, 77-63. They said this year was and the out. worst winning percentage for a top for top 10 teams against unranked opponents ever. It's like 74% or something like that, and that's going to go down because we've just had a couple more of those. So, I mean, who hasn't bitten the dust at this point except UConn? I guess they're the ones that have been kind of immune from this because their only losses on the road at Kansas, and everybody loses on the road at Kansas. Now, uh, New Mexico, is that is that where Richard is? Little Patino? I believe so. Um, I'm checking here. They also got a starter in Jamal Mashburn Jr. is a starter on that New yep, Mexico. Yep, R- Richard Patino is the head coach at New Mexico. That's right. What if they've got a they've got a dent on that? What if they have Rodney Denson because they they have a dent. I don't know if that's Rodney Denson. It's a guard, so I doubt it. Uh, they got Jamal Mashburn's son for sure, and they got a Toppin. Maybe that's uh, Jacob Toppin's little brother. You know. I don't know if it's uh, any relation or not, but I'm, I'm now I'm curious. Is he related to Obi Toppin? Dallas. That's well, Jacob Toppin and Obi Toppin are brothers. Right. That's so. right. Uh, all right, what to watch for? Presented by Cox's and Evergreens Liquors, your go-to liquor store. We'll talk about the scoreboard that's on tap for tomorrow, including the Louisville Cardinals going on the road to Syracuse. I've been there, but have you ever been to Syracuse? I have not. 
I go into uh, 19... I've never been to the state of New York, so... Well, you know, when I, I was in... Uh, I graduated from high school in 95, so during the, the heyday of all the Rick, Rick Pitino stuff and uh, my junior year, so this would have been 1993, they played in February. The Cats played up there, so I had to take a college visit to Syracuse uh, to, you know, to see if Syracuse would have been fit for me. And so I got out of school legally and then uh, went up there and watched Kentucky lose in the Carrier Dome. But I got to play horse with Billy Packer on the nice. Carrier Dome, oh, dome wow. floor. Billy Packer, even as an old man, beat me really bad. Um, well, he did play Wednesday, at Wake Forest back in the day. He did. He could, And he scored at a high level at Wake Forest. Tennessee is going to host LSU tomorrow. Uh, that, that game, to me, could be a trap game. I'm actually going to be very interested to watch that game because I think LSU is better than people think. Wisconsin it goes on the road to play Michigan. They're number 11, Wisconsin. We got the matchup tomorrow is number 16, Alabama, going to play number 12, Auburn. Uh, definitely going to check that one out. Number 19, Creighton goes on the road to play Providence. And then Notre Dame goes to Duke to take on the number nine Blue Devils. That's your top 25. Uh, what to watch tomorrow, since we're not going to really have too much to watch the rest of the night tonight because it's already really, really late. All right, let's do uh, player of the game. Are you going to give it to Reese or are you going to give it to Dillingham? I got to give it to Dillingham. I mean, just an unbelievable performance. Almost got a double-double late with, with a bunch of those assists down the stretch. But coming off the bench, scoring 20 points, going three of three from downtown in the first, like, five minutes of the game, and cashing some bets along the way. <laughs> Made you some money. All right. What do you got there, Zach? You want you want Reeves or Dillingham? I'm going to take Antonio. Or someone else. I'm going to take Reeves because he had 24 points. He was the leading scorer, and I think the way he shot the ball early just kind of got the momentum going, and you knew that uh, Kentucky was going to roll after that. He, the efficiency is what we talked about all season long with Antonio Reeves. He's gotten more efficient as the year's gone along, so I, I'm going to give it to Antonio. I'm going to go with Brennan Canada. With my, with my, I thought you were going to go with Jordan around. Burks. Hey, six for six on the floor, one for one from three, five boards in 15 minutes for Burks. Not a bad game for him, man. He, anytime you see a kid who can make the most of the opportunities given, knowing it's in spot, you know, spot time, you got to give it to him. He went out there and got it done. Sure so uh, good on him. Uh, but yeah, Brennan Canada with the infinite rebounding rate, one rebound <laughs> in zero minutes. That's or right. One rebound in one minute. Excuse one me. Minute. He's averaging 40 a game. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will. I will also go with Reeves on this one. I can't fault your uh, reasoning for liking Dillingham here. I just thought Reeves was really kind of the, the spark. Although Dillingham, the game was still kind of like a little back and forth when, until Dillingham came in and hit those two threes early that really opened it up for Kentucky, and they never looked back. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to go with Reeves in this one. So, by the way, Kentucky, one of the top five shot blocking rate teams in the country, only had one block shot tonight. Hmm. Uh, that's got to be partially because Enzo didn't really play as much, right? I mean, he had 15 minutes, I guess, but yeah, Big Z was the only one with the block. But they attempted 21 layups. Wait a minute, sorry, I'm looking at the uh, wrong. Look, wrong uh, I should say we attempted 21. They attempted 14 layups. Yeah. Okay. We only got one block on them. So, well, there we go. Uh, are you sure that one block stats right? Let me just. Yeah, Big Z is the only player that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, he was the Reed only big one. that had a block. Yeah, yeah. Reed Shepard and Antonio Reeves had blocks. I was going to. I also remember. <laughs> Antonio, I remember Reed Shepard's block. Reed Shepard with five steals. Yeah, get back on that train, by the way, too, which was good because he, 
uh, had kind of cooled off there a little bit with the, with the his action on the steals. He, you know, getting back to the SEC lead in steals. So good for him. So, um, all right. Well, the game on Saturday is a four o'clock start against Gonzaga. Uh, I will not be there. I guess the rumors are is that we might have a special guest host in Big Rig. Uh, but he confirmed. Sh- he confirmed this evening. All right. Okay, so it's going to be a go. short show. It's going to be a short show because there is some Bellman basketball going on that night. But uh, let's let's cheer on the Cats. Let's hope they can get two in a row before going into a really tough stretch. Um, I, I think it's a huge game on Saturday. And I mean, I just think that it this is as close to a must win as I can think of uh, in a long time for a Kentucky. Yeah, and we're we're probably going to be favored by three or four points at home. Um, look, they've got a couple guys that can hurt us from downtown. That is one area where Kentucky's got to lock down. Anton Watson shooting almost 42% from downtown this season, albeit he's only taken 31 attempts. We know what can happen when we let a guy who doesn't take a whole bunch or make a whole bunch get hot early. Guard the damn three-point line from the start. Don't let them have a guy get two early ones like we've done way too many games this season, and all of a sudden he goes off for 25 points. And, uh, you know, let's carry the momentum forward. Let's let's hopefully everything that kind of got revitalized tonight continues, and uh, we see this Cats team who's a whole lot Hopefully we get DJ back. Yeah, it sounds like we probably will. So that's that's promising, and, you know, it doesn't sound as promising for Trey Mitchell. It looks like his – back injury might be bothering him enough but that's okay if i had to choose between the two of them i think i'd rather have DJ. yeah and as somebody who's who's dealt with back issues it once it pops up like that it takes a long time for it to for everything to function properly and with with him being a big and the way that people defend you i don't know even if he's able to come back that he's going to be able to play big minutes so that he's going to be able to stay healthy the rest of the season and that's that's a disappointing thing for this team because he was a guy that when he was playing well could really stretch the floor and open the floor up for the drivers if we have to go back to you know two bigs although I will say one guy we didn't even talk about Adu Thiero he gave really good minutes tonight he was active especially on the defensive end especially on the glass I was surprised he only got 18 minutes to be honest had a nice uh, alley-oop dunk he had the first of the alley dunks, if I remember. <laughs> I was say, we had quite a few of them. Yeah. He had the first one. So, uh, only four points tonight for Thierry, but yeah, you know, four rebounds. You, yeah, exactly. Still still just a high-energy guy, so. All right, well, I think that's all we got for tonight. Again, tune in Saturday night. Go on around probably about 6, 6.15, and uh, we'll see you. Go Cats. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash careanywhere. 
replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. 